Hello and welcome to the On The Slab Horror Show, the show that we bring to you each and every Friday night. King, why do we go every Friday night? Because in our lovely little island of Ireland, Friday night was always horror night. That's why. Usually usually about 10 o'clock, right after the watershed, we'd get an old horror movie on RTE or TG4. And that's where we found a lot of love growing up. Um, tonight, we aren't joined by the Dynamo, unfortunately. Again, this week he's busy. Uh, I do have the King here with me. How are you, King? Oh, good, my man. And you? Not bad. Not bad. And as you can see, we're joined by another guest tonight, a Hollywood star in Mr. L.C. Holt. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm great. Good to see you. Great to be on the show. It's my pleasure to be here. Th thanks for taking the time out to come on. I'm sure you're a, you're a busy man. Well, it's been pretty busy lately because I've been working on this new movie that's in pre-production and acting in a, in a number of movies that uh, haven't come out yet. So um, some of them have. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty busy time, but I'm, I always love to get on and talk horror movies. Well, it's, ve it's very hard when you, like, horror is such a tight-knit group that when you find people to talk to, you're like, you can talk for hours. Mm. But most of the time, it's like people look at you and you're talking about horror movies and they're like, oh. You're one of those people. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. Well, growing up, you know, that was very, uh, I, I didn't have a lot of people around who liked horror or, or really movies in general, even though I was obsessed with them. So I can definitely relate. Yeah. I was like that. Any kind of movies growing up. But uh, lately then, when I got a bit older, it was all horror this, horror that. Maybe it's because my, my parents told me not to. <laughs> I, yeah, I blame yeah. them. <laughs> That was like me as well. I, I, I just, uh, I used to just watch the horror films on my own. None of my mates were into horror, just me. Yeah. And so like that, I used to sit up on a Friday night for like, I, look, I think I've said on previous shows, the first time I saw uh, American Werewolf in London was like at one o'clock in the morning on, on the Channel 4, which was a British channel that we used to, we used to, we get British channels. But that was my first time seeing that. And that's like, oh God, I love it so much, you know, but, um, <laughs> Anyway, we're not here to talk about me and Greg. We're here to talk to LC. And again, it's it's an honor to have you on the show. And, um, you know, let's talk about some horror. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. Um, I mean, I was like that. Yeah, my, you know, my mother uh, wasn't really into horror. Never was in her life. But, you know, my father would sneak the horror in. So... Um, <laughs> And it's weird because he wasn't into them either. I mean, I really was the only one. My brother loved science fiction. Um, so I got, you know, from him a love for movies like Aliens, which still kind of borders on that horror yeah. level. Um, and and then Star Trek, uh, which, you know, he was far more into than I was. And um, I don't know, I, you know, I can't really trace back like there are things I can't trace back I can't trace back where the love of horror came from I just know that I always had it yeah. when I was first exposed to it and the same thing with movies and what I decided to do as a career you know you know when I was four or five years old I wanted to be a scientist but the only reason I wanted to be a scientist because I watched back to the future and I like Christopher Lloyd you know? <laughs> so Stop Brown doc brown made me want to be a scientist so then after i got over the scientist thing i just wanted to be in movies and and be an actor and director and i was very fortunate and and so much as over many years of work i've been able to do that and and who um who were your inspirations to become a, an actor and a, then a director like 
I loved one of the, the first actors whose style I really loved was Anthony Perkins. Oh, nice. Great actor. Norman Bates. I just thought Anthony Perkins, still to this day, he's one of those actors that has such a distinctive personal style yeah. that you just, and you know, the way he delivered lines, that cadence of his voice, and it's sort of like different but similar to the Christopher Walken thing, where Christopher Walken, you just know it's him, you know, because yeah. of the delivery of the lines. And Anthony Perkins had that in a way that was very specific and unique to him. Uh, and I, I always loved Anthony Perkins, loved the Psycho movies. Um, he was definitely an inspiration to me as an early, early inspiration mm. to be an actor. Um, but there were a lot of others. Uh, I, I loved character actors, which is essentially what I am uh, as yeah. a character actor. Uh, you know, people like uh, War Notes and, uh, you know, who's a great Western star. I watched a lot of Westerns growing up with my grandfather. Oh. Um, people like that I always really liked. I like character actors. Wouldn't be, Westerns wouldn't be my kind of thing now, I must say. Yeah. Do you know something yeah, I just, never... funny, sorry for cutting in again, everyone there. We haven't gotten very many Western horror films. Well, you know, I have an idea in my head. Um, but the thing I about mean... West, Westerns are very expensive, you mm. know, because uh, you have to create the world of the... It's sort of like doing a science fiction movie on a spaceship or something. You have to create the entire world of the story. Of course. Because it just simply doesn't exist. It doesn't exist anymore in the case of Westerns, and it doesn't exist yet in the case of science fiction. So uh, those are expensive. But I have always wanted to do a, a horror Western, and I have an idea in my head for it. Um, a guy I worked with who everybody knows um, named Ty West did a Western. Mm. Uh, so he is primarily known as for horror, but he did a Western called In the Valley of Violence uh, with John Travolta. It was good. Um, and uh, Ty, of course, I knew before then because we had worked together on Your Next. I shot him in the head in that movie. Shot him, <laughs> him with the arrow. Oh, yeah, um, I absolutely love Ty West. Yeah, Ty West is great. He was... He was, you know, he was already a, an established director by the time he appeared as an actor in Your Next, um, which that was part of the running joke of that movie. If you watch that movie, there's a lot of directors who appear mm -hmm. as actors in there. You know, you got Ty West, you got Joe Swanberg, um, Simon, who played my brother in the movie, what, wasn't a director then, but he is now, but he was a producer and writer. Um, so, and also there's a guy at the very end, the cop that comes in and gets the ax. Uh, yeah. That guy um, was also, Calvin Lee Reader is also a director. So there's a lot of directors acting in that movie. Bit of a club yeah. going on there. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a, bit of a wrong torn twist at the end of, um, of the end of your next, with the cop getting taken out at the end. Yeah, that was, that was always in the movie. There were some changes that were made to the script from when I first read it to when the movie was completed that they did primarily so that we could do a sequel because people always think about that, you know, with mm. horror movies, like, can there be a sequel? Because originally when the cop pops in, Sharni Vincent, who starred in the movie, he didn't shoot her in the arm, he shot her in the head, killed her. Uh, that was the original ending. And then he opened the door and the ax got him in the face. Uh, but they kept Sharni alive in order for there to be potentially a sequel and in the original script for that movie for my character i got my head chopped off hmm. and they changed that because they were like we need to keep a, a killer alive 
so I just got stabbed with the with the knife in the forehead, and they had this whole story of how I would come back with brain damage and all this. And uh, uh, so yeah, I mean the, that movie was a lot of fun. It would have been great to have done sequels to it, um, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it would have already happened by now if it was going to happen. I, I think I remember watching your next and I found like the likes of your character there. It was very scream-esque. Did he or didn't he survive? Mm-hmm. That kind of way. Um, but it was very stranger than you know, like the strangers with Liv Tyler and, and Scott Speedman. It was very like that but a whole lot. I don't know it was creepier because the masks were creepier or because it was in there was more people in it. More yeah, yeah. I yeah. was. It was I'm definitely more intense. Yeah, your next was a bit more of an action movie than The Strangers, which was yeah. sort of yeah. purely kind of ten- the tension, you know, suspense. Yeah. And and your next had a lot of action in it. In fact, I've always kind of saw it as being like an action horror movie, you know. Yeah. Uh, more the, than the, just movies. Them movies are a lot of fun, though. Um, the action horror. Like, it's great when you get the likes of certain horrors that are built over time. So say like The Witch uh, and things like that that are built and built towards the end. Or then you have, say, Your Next, where there's action happening all the time. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. kind of way. Um, like, there's, there's a difference. Those kind of movies don't hold people as much, I find, anymore. Um, um, uh, you mean the, the more like the, the slow burn movies? Yeah, the slow builds, yeah. So say like say you don't you you work with Ty West so say his innkeepers, mm-hmm. yeah, very it was a very slow burner, and it didn't yeah. receive a lot of great love that I I think it deserved. Um, I I agree I do agree with that I think that there is a place for for everything as long as it's good you know yeah, absolutely and, and then you have nowadays you have this thing that's you know these names that are put on movies that uh, horror movies I mean that I don't really, I don't really get into. Like, you know, they say things like elevated, you know. Hey, oh, we done, we done an episode on that. <laughs> I, yeah, I just don't understand it because I don't think it does a good service to the movies that are called elevated. And it certainly doesn't do a good service to the movies that are called not elevated because you're insinuating that they're somehow beneath this other thing by the simple word of saying elevated. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just don't, I don't really get into that. It's That's in, more of a thing. I swear to you, what happened there is someone wrote that in an article, and it's just one of those things that caught on stuck. as a term, you yeah. know. Um, I think we had a, we had a, we had a, a term for it originally called psychological horror. That's what it was originally, you know, and that was, perfectly. yeah, but it's yeah. probably not cool enough now, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, because there's some great, I mean, Hereditary is an example of oh. a movie that has a slower burn and is psychological, you know. Um, and that would be called that would nowadays you would the people would put the elevated yeah. thing on that. You know. I thought that was actually great in the I don't know uh, LC if you saw the recent scream. Yes, I did. Uh, when they talk when that woman talks about oh elevate ask me a question about elevated horror blah 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 and I can answer it like uh, sort of basically taking the piss out of you know the this, the, this generation. Yeah. Talking, you know they can talk about all the, the modern films but nothing about the old films really. You know. Yeah. And it's so right, though. It's the way the kids are nowadays. You know, you know, we're always we're we're always trying to advocate for younger people to look at 
the older horror films from the like 70s, 60s. Like we have a series on our show where we do 10 from the 50s, 10 from the 60s, and so on. Yes. And it's basically, it's basically, to be honest, which is to try and get you know younger. We we have one or two younger viewers, and you know it'd be nice to get them into the older horror as well as what they're used to as well. You know. Yeah, I, I mean that's so important if you're going to be, especially if you're going to be a filmmaker. You know, yeah. you have to know, you have to watch things that are outside your wheelhouse because you have to have more of a idea of cinematic grammar, mm. um, more than just saying, well, you know, I watched these three movies and I just want to make movies that are like those three movies, you know, yeah. because it, I mean, there, I've known some filmmakers um, who have never seen Frankenstein. And it's oh. like, I, I mean, you're missing out. I mean, you're Absolutely. missing out. Not only on a great movie, but you're missing out on learning techniques that may have been forgotten. Uh, yeah. That, you know, could be made new and fresh and original again. And that's the same. I love that you guys do that because if you look at the 50, if you look at back going back to the 30s, really, but if, if you look at every single decade, you can find more than a handful of, yep. of films that are, you know, worth talking about and worth remembering and worth people nowadays watching. Yeah, well, we we, we we did we challenge ourselves to do from the 1910s upwards. Yeah. Oh, so that's great. We're up I to the 70s, I think. We've 70s would be the next one, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the Gargan was number one in the 30s. Was it? I might yeah. be wrong. I think it was, yeah. Uh, and we had obviously uh, Universal Monsters in there as well because yeah. no one seems to watch them and you're like that's where it all started absolutely yeah. now see I've, i just want to ask you um in really i love characters with masks and i as you can probably see letter face blah 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 but um <laughs> did did you get to choose the lamb or was it just handed to you like did you get like you, you know as in did you look at that and say yeah i could actually make something with this you know it's a good question i've um I, I didn't choose it. it uh, the names were all in the script. So in the script, it was Lamb Mask, Tiger Mask, Fox Mask was the name of the characters. Okay. So that was already determined by the time I read it. Um, and I was offered the role of the Lamb Mask because I don't know if you guys know, but Adam Wingard, the director of Your Next, and I go back. With this, that was like our third film we did together. Cool. Uh, we started out together, actually. I've known him since he was 19. His first feature film I was in and his second, and then uh, and then we did Your Next, and then after that we did, uh, he produced VHS 2, uh, which I was in, and that the, awesome. guy that, the guy that wrote VHS 2, I mean the guy that wrote Your Next, wrote and directed my segment in VHS 2. Um, so I've done four movies with Adam Winger. Uh, the way basically Your Next came about for me was I had done this movie, the first movie we did was a movie called Homesick, which was shot on 16 millimeter film and uh, had, you know, Bill Mosley was in it and Tommy Tolles, nice. uh, Tiffany Shepes. Um, and then, so we did that movie. And then after that, we did a, a smaller movie that actually went big called Pop Skull. I was just looking it up there. Yeah, yeah, Pop Skull was, it's one of my favorite movies we've done, which is a shame because it's one of the harder ones to find mm. um, for a long, it's a long story, but it had to do with the distrib uh, distributor going out of business after they bought it, and then rights were held, and it, so it's this big long thing. But uh, and then after that, I did a uh, one in particular, a horror movie that I really didn't like the experience of making it. I didn't like 
the end product and it was a really horrible experience all the way around and so i was just like i'm not doing this anymore uh in terms of acting i pretty much quit for about four years i said you know if this is the way it's going to be i'm not doing this because this is too um the the people one has to deal with sometimes it's just not the kind of people you want to deal with and and so after a while after about four years uh wingard said we're gonna make another movie uh and he said and you're gonna be in it and i said i am i thought i quit (laughs) (laughs) and uh he said no i'm gonna send you the script and there's this part and we wrote it for you and you're gonna do it it's basically how he presented it to me so i was like okay well i wasn't really into doing films at that point and i was like well send it to me man because i i I know adam i love adam i respect his work he and i have always like had this been in sync and simpatico in a way that was not that was so easy you know um and i was like if i was ever to to come back into this i would do it uh with adam uh because he's like the guy that would make me do it and so he sent me the script for your next and i read it and i read the landmass part that he wanted me to play and that just seemed like so much fun that i was like yeah let's let's give it a go let's do it and so and so i i agreed to do it and the rest is history you got you got dragged back from the depths <laughs> i did yeah and everything i've done since then uh worth talking about has has come about from from that film you know even though i had worked for 10 years prior uh to that movie um you know you know everything i've gotten since the convention appearances my career uh the other films i've done it all basically stems back from from your next next. yeah it's a it's amazing we've said it before to a couple of people like it takes one role like you could be you could have had 100 credits but you come on and take one role and the film blows up and all of a sudden you're you're laughing and people would say that to me on the set of your next they would say things like you know this is you're going to be doing a lot of conventions for this movie or when people see this it's going to be you're going to really like your character they're going to like this movie and you know after doing after being a working actor for over 10 years you hear that on a lot of things and so at that point i was just like yeah okay whatever you know i didn't buy into it one second because it's like when you're on a set acting in a movie you just your job just is about make, doing it as well as you can, man. You can't think about like success or conventions, all that kind of stuff um, at that moment because that's not your job. And then, but you know, in that case, they were right because as soon as that movie came out, you know, people were all over me about these conventions. I actually had never gone to a horror convention before I was invited to one as a guest. Like I had no idea what what they were really or what to expect. <laughs> And I actually, um, it's funny, this goes back to the movie I'm about to start directing called Watchdog uh, because he's in it. But the first person I asked was uh, Mark Patton, uh, who I'd known. And I said, hey, Mark, so what about these conventions? Like, what do I expect? Is this, what is it? <laughs> and because he had been doing them for several years at that point. And, uh, and he said, you know, oh, just go and have fun and remember to treat everybody well. And, and that sort of has always become my mantra. You know, because you do these conventions and sometimes the celebrities don't treat people Mm. that well. I mean, I would say it's a small percentage in my experience of people 
who just don't want to be there in terms of like celebrities. But I, my opinion is this, and, and I've heard Mark say it, I heard Sid Haig say it. It's like, if you don't want to be here, then get the hell out, you know? True. Uh, what, a, what a legend Sid Haig is. Yeah, Sid Haig. I, I, you know, I never really got to know Sid Haig. Uh, I've, I've known plenty of people who were friends with him, like Bill Mosley, obviously. Uh, top, top. <laughs> top, top, yeah. And, uh, you know, Bill and I did our did my first horror film together, which was Homesick, that movie I was telling you about with yeah. Wayne Beard. And, um, and he was, a, he, he was, he's just, Bill Mosley's just a great guy. I mean, just totally not what you would expect, you know? Yeah. I've, I've heard that off a few people that have met him at conventions and stuff, that he's just an all-around legend. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, when we were on the set of Homesick, what he talked about more than anything else was how proud of his daughter who had just started college, you know, I mean, not the kind of thing you would think Chop Top or Otis from House of a Thousand Corpses would be talking about, but, um, but yeah, it's just a really cool guy. Yeah, no, uh, I, go ahead, cut. I was just going to say, yeah, we don't have any horror conventions in Ireland, would you believe? Really? Yeah. We were only talking there off before you came on about maybe heading over to, sorry, go on, Greg. That's not entirely true. There is one in Kilkenny that started this year. Oh, well, there you go. I didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I only know because it, it popped up. But uh, yeah, we were literally saying off screen we were going to go to probably her and hit up Manchester's for the love of horror next year. Because mm. it'd be a bit expensive for us to go to the States. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, I've never done a convention overseas. I've traveled overseas, but I've actually never done a convention. There was talk at one time of doing one in Germany. Um, but that that's convention wise, that's that's the only thing I've I've heard of. Um, but I, I've loved traveling in Europe very much. See, I've never see, been to Ireland, actually. But I, yeah, come over, man. You're always welcome. Over. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. I mean, you know, I have a lot of uh, heritage from Ireland. Ah, you need to come over and, you know, sample the, the water the over here, you know? <laughs> yeah. The fizzy water. <laughs> yeah, the fizzy water, yeah. Uh, uh, LC, um, what I was going to ask you there was, um, you know, when you're at conventions, do you get like have you ever had any kind of weird uh fans ask you anything weird or do you anything weird or ask you that like i don't know put the mask on or you know that weird shit like you know i i've had a couple things some of them are really innocent yeah you know like um there was this one guy i'll tell you an innocent one and i'll tell you a creepy one Deadly. uh the, the innocent one was there was this guy and i was in new jersey i think uh i think it was a chiller theater convention and guy comes over to the table and I see him approaching. And he's got a board in his hand with nails in it. And I'm like, well, lay on. Like, my first thing in my mind is not the movie, you're next. The first thing in my mind is like, is he going to hit me with that thing? <laughs> Jesus. And uh, what, what did I do to you? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, man, don't do this. Um, <laughs> we can talk about it. But he comes over and he's got these this board with nails in it and the nails are like positioned perfectly. Obviously he had taken a freeze frame of the movie and recreated perfectly mm. the board of nails that I stepped on. And like the one that I stepped on, he, his version of it had like fake blood on it, you know, wow. and like a little pool of fake blood. <laughs> and uh, he had a red paint pen and he was like, would you sign my board? <laughs> and I said, yeah, man, that's great. Once I got it, I was like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I was like very relieved, and and then he, the same guy also pulled out a, a package of steak knives because I get stuck in the head with a steak yeah. knife, and I signed the steak knives for him. So that was probably the most original thing anyone's ever brought. I can imagine, yeah. 
Um, you know, no, no. Do you know what? We bring it up all the time. You know when you see someone stepping on a nail or something like that? That's the worst bit of horror for us. Mm. You know, the, yeah. the stuff that can happen in everyday life. I know every like people getting stabbed and stuff happens every day, but no. Standing yeah. on a nail or catching your hands in the door or something. My mother stood on my, my mother stood on a nail when she was working years ago and it went right up her foot. Oh, yeah, no. sorry for cutting off you there, Elsie. <laughs> no, no, I mean that we had talked about that in the movie. Um, we had talked about we called it the Home Alone moment. Ah, oh. because that was the inspiration Adam had for me stepping on the nail was the scene in Home Alone where Daniel yeah. Stern steps on it, and it just makes you even in that movie, which is a kids movie, you know, you yeah. just go, oh god, it's horrible. Uh, so we just decided to go the whole foot in. Um, you know, and, and I bleed profusely for stepping on a nail. If you notice in the movie, there's no way you would bleed that much from stepping hey, on a nail. But nervous. it's it looks cool, you know. Um, but yeah, so that that was the so that was the convention story of kind of a cool thing. I'll tell you a convention story about a slightly weirder experience, um, which this actually happened at the very first convention I ever did, which I can't remember where it was, but it was in the northeast of America. Um, uh-huh at Massachusetts or somewhere like that. And and there was this really cool hotel and it didn't go up, you know, the hotel spread out. It was like the, it was, reminded me of The Shining. Right. The Overlook. Because um, yeah, the Overlook, you, you know how it was just winding, it just went out like a maze. Mm. Um, and so I went to this and I don't know which night it was, may have been the first, may have been the second night of the convention. I was in the bar afterwards having a drink with Kane Hodder and he buys all the what drinks. So I had more than one drink with Kane because we no, keep buying, you know, he'll, I'll, I'll keep drinking. Exactly. And then eventually Kane left and then I left and, um, you know, the bar was in the hotel. So uh, I had noticed when I was in the bar that there was a guy over at the bar, uh, you know, at the counter with a, like a horror shirt, obviously a guy there for the convention. And he was like looking over. My brain is he's looking at Kane Hodder because you know, here's Kane Hodder sitting here having drinks. <laughs> um, so I go back to the room and I take this long passage and I finally get to my room, which is way isolated on one side of the hotel, go inside, close the door. And as soon as I'm like dressed, uh, you know, for bed, get into the bed, uh, I hear a knock at the door. So I kind of go over to the door and I look through the peephole and here's this guy from the bar. He's followed me back to my room. And the first thing that comes into my mind is something my manager told me uh, that has happened at conventions sometimes where people think that you keep the money that you're making in your room, uh, which is not true. I don't keep Mm. the money with me uh, for that reason. And celebrities, celebrities have actually been robbed at these hotels um, because of that. So I'm thinking there's no way I'm opening this door because I don't know who this is. And mm. it's two o'clock in the morning. So I just back away from the door and the guy keeps knocking, keeps knocking. I clocked it. It was like four minutes. The guy stood there and knocked at the door. Jesus. And then it, there was no sound. And I went to the door and I looked at the people and he was gone. And uh, and I that was when I realized I'm not going to have any more cigarettes tonight. I'm staying in this room. <laughs> and, uh, probably sitting in the hall that was stopped away waiting for you. Yeah, waiting for me to come out. Never saw the guy again at the convention. So I don't what know what that was all about. Could have been anything. What happened? Yeah. Not, we went banging on Kane Hodder's door to see what happens. Right. And Kane Hodder knocked him out. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, because Kane will – I mean, that's the thing about Kane, too. He's just such a big guy and scary guy. He'll take out a wad of cash that's, like, you know, that big and just start, like, you know, counting it out to the waiter and stuff, you know. Huh. Like, no, no nobody's going near him. Nobody's going near him. No, no. Uh, um, that's what you we were saying there. You think you were looking over at Kane. It's it's very harsh to, to see him because a lot of people don't know what he looks like. Well, not, Haragoyas Hara will know, though. That's the thing. Yeah, no, but 90% of the time, it's behind the mask. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, a, he's quite a presence, you know, and Kane and I have an unusual sort of uh, friendship uh, in so much as, you know, as I said before, I smoke cigarettes, and uh, Kane is very anti-smoking. And uh, if you know, like, his backstory, his father died of lung cancer. Yeah. He doesn't. He does, so, you know, I would have to hide to have mm -hmm. a smoke. Uh, because if I didn't, uh, the door would open and Kane would come out and stare at me. Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm standing there like this, like, you know, hi, like a little <laughs> kid, you know, getting caught by his dad. And uh, and then he would pop back inside, you know. So uh, whenever I do conventions with Kane, I have to kind of hide, a little sneak of <laughs> smoke somewhere. Uh, tell me about the new film you were talking about. Uh, What's it Watchdog. called? Watchdog. Yeah. Yes, the new if film. You can. Yeah, I can. Yeah, definitely. We just wrapped up the Indiegogo for Watchdog, which begins shooting the third week of September. Congratulations. It's a it, Thank you very much. It was very successful, and I, I greatly appreciate everyone who who supported the film and shared it and bought perks and uh, you know have their name on the film. And I uh, thank all of you. And um, yeah, but it's a psychological horror film about a guy who coming home one night for his an anniversary dinner with his girlfriend uh, ends up getting mugged and there's a drifter who sort of helps him out of this mugging situation so the guy out of gratitude takes asks the guy you know hey, listen you don't have a place to sleep do you want to sleep here and then tomorrow when your bus leaves i'll take you to the bus station so the guy's like okay and takes him back to the house and he doesn't have any idea of the kind of person he's letting into his mm. house at that point. And uh, Fangoria did an article, he, they called it a reverse horror movie or a reverse home invasion movie, which I okay. thought was kind of a cool idea because yeah. it is exactly that. I mean, instead of somebody trying to get in, it's the people, the, the couple trying to get out. Yeah. yeah. Um, trying to get out of your own house. <laughs> trying to get out of your own house. Yeah, you're stuck in an isolated spot out in the middle of nowhere, and you have you've brought someone into the situation. For, you know, you had good intentions, but their intentions are not as good as yours. Um, so it's it's sort of like you know what is that old saying? Uh, no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, that's very and, true. Uh, so that yeah, so it, it's going to be a really tense, action-packed character-driven uh, psychological horror movie with a good amount of, of some good gore gags and, and violence that you're going to get out of, you know, any kind of horror movie that I direct. Uh, this is the second movie I directed. The, the, well, actually, it's the third, technically. But the last movie I directed, Time's Up, is actually premiering at the end of this month in Miami, Florida. Nice one. And that was that's a, that's a slasher <laughs> film. That's a slasher oh. film. So with a great cast of uh, people, everybody from Hannah Fearman, who is another VHS alum. She was in the first one. I was in the second yeah. one. Uh, Damien Maffei, who was in the sequel to Strangers. Um, uh, 
Cheney Morrow, who's in Watchdog, Felissa Rose, who's also in Watchdog, Dave Sheridan from the Devil's Rejects, great cast and Time's Up. Mm. Um, it's great. It's great to see Felicia coming back around again, in terms yeah. of uh, horror movies that are, that, are, that she's in that are coming out. Obviously, she's in Late Checkout as well that yourself was in, um, and obviously we had Anna on, uh, Anna Clarion as well a while back. Um, yeah. But it's great. Yeah. It's great to see people like that coming back around because obviously Sleepaway Camp was what eighty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was very young. She was very young. Yeah. Um, are you guys fans of Sleepaway Camp? Absolutely. Yeah. How could you not well, be? <laughs> you know, uh, another actor who was in uh, Times Up with Felissa actually was John Tiersden, Johnny Tiersden, who who was Ricky in Sleepaway Camp. So cool. He. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a cool guy. He he actually gets to play a, a school principal in Times Up. Plays a very big part actually in the movie. And uh, he's Tears is always fun to work with. He's such a character. I, so I, that, I imagine it'll be a while before we get to see that though. Exactly. Well, the, I don't know that you know we're talking to distributors now with Times Up, and I I don't know the final deal yet. But um, you know I would. You guys will definitely get it. You guys will definitely get it. It's just with filmmaking, uh, it's hard to determine like the times because you don't necessarily have too much control when you're dealing with the distributors. You know, you have uh, control to some extent, but then they always time these things out and market them to what what, what they imagine would be the most like financially advantageous thing for them. You know? Yeah. So they have these strategies of like when it comes out in America, when it comes out in Europe, Japan, yeah. and so forth. LC, would you know uh, when you're? Do you write, you you write and direct a film that you're doing? Do you? Yes, every film I've directed, I, I've written. Okay, so this is probably going to sound like a strange question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm going to see how what you think. You know how the way you know how the way sorry you know the way the world is kind of different now, in relation to releasing horror content, whatever. Like, would you have that in the back of your mind when you're writing a script, or do you just write what comes out? You know what I mean? Like, do you think you have to be worried about, say, doing this thing to a certain type of a certain part of the community, or do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you might have to not do that on, say, a gay couple, say, for just for example. Like, oh, do, would, would, yeah, would that come into your mind when you're writing a film, to, to take it straight away from something, or are you just balls out giving it sucks? No, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think about things like that when I when I write. Um, good. <laughs> You know, I, I, it's just it's so hard to write something that's good just in general that I think if you start to think too much, you'll get inside your own head. And yeah, you know, I, I just concentrate on telling a good story. Now, I, I am always, you know, I love a variety of different uh, ethnicities and things in my yeah. movies. And I, I think it's it's a fantastic thing to to include, you know, all kinds of people, whether it be different sexual orientations or ethnicities. Yeah because it, I think it helps the movie ultimately. But Absolutely. I don't think about it. To me, uh, the right actor for the role is the right actor for the role, regardless yeah. of, you know, um, whatever their, you know, sexual preference was yeah, or, yeah. or what have you. So, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think about that stuff when I'm- I, I know it was a bit of a left field question and I, I didn't mean to kind of jump it on you, but it just came into my head there. I just thought I might see what you thought, you know, just- <laughs> It's, it's it's quite a valid one in terms of questions this time because of cancel culture being so so prevalent prevalent in everything that's coming out 
yeah it yeah it is i mean that is the thing that you have to you know think about now um especially from you know more of a producer standpoint yeah. i don't think you think about it in terms of writing and directing but i think if you just maintain your own personal integrity that helps a lot yeah uh you know i'm a pretty boring guy other than the fact that i act and i write and direct movies you know uh i don't talk about uh political stuff or religion or stuff like that in interviews and stuff so i, I just I'm, I'm of that slightly old school mentality of nobody gives a damn what an actor thinks about <laughs> this that, and the other thing uh, yeah absolutely but right, if right. people do i mean if if somebody who is you know in the business does want to use their uh, you know platform to talk i mean that's perfectly fine it's just not yeah. fine no yeah. um yeah, i know I... <laughs> um sorry I, I keep interrupting you greg sorry um I'm, I'm very i'm very uh aware of time so we won't keep you for too much longer but what i do want to ask you is um and you've probably been asked this many as a time what does lc stand for <laughs> well that is a question that so many people have posed and it actually has become uh, a fun thing to do on sets we've we've actually i've been on sets where people did like running things where they were and i i think i mentioned to you guys at some point maybe off the air that one of the ones was my favorite was lithium carbonide which <laughs> really clever that's you know that sounds like something out of star trek or star wars um mm. yeah but uh but i don't know i almost think it's better to keep the mystery alive it is. I agree with you. Yeah. I think it's class. I I'm not the way you were saying there that you're you're a not you're a quiet guy. I think it's loose cannon. LC loose Hall. cannon. That's good. I like that one. You can have that if you want. Okay. That's going. <laughs> that's going into the book. I'm going. I'm going loose change here. <laughs> loose change. It's so funny. I actually just. <laughs> Well, I probably shouldn't say that because it's kind of spoilery. But <laughs> yeah, loose change is something that I was writing. I actually called the character that one time in the script. Ah, there you go. <laughs> we say no more about it. We say no more about it. Move on, move on, move on. Um, so just before we go, give us your top five horror films. Now, they don't have to be in order. So do, your top five that you know you you love of all time. All right, I'll give you my top five right now that's in my head. It, yeah. it's, it's subject to change next week. Yeah, that's fair. Because um, you can always think of other things. But yeah. uh, I would say that my top five would be um, The Exorcist. Lovely. Uh, a movie from the 70s called Burnt Offerings. Oh, I know that, yeah. Doesn't get in a lot of respect. Dan Curtis movie. Um, I would say... Um, I would actually say Dawn of the Dead. The George Romero version. Nice. Um, quality movie. And let's see. Psycho, even though you might not call that a horror film, I call it like one of the proto horror films. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, set, it's set up, it was nearly like one of the original slashers. Yeah. If you didn't have Psycho, I don't think you would have had a lot of the other. You, de you no. definitely wouldn't have had Halloween. Right. You wouldn't have had Halloween for many reasons. For, mm. Yeah. Um, and that's four. So let's see the fifth one. I think I'll say Alien. Alien. 
Yeah, Ridley yeah. Scott's original Alien, I think, is a really creepy, scary movie. I mean, her going through the ship at the end with all the steam and you don't know where the creature is and you don't yeah. have any music, you just hear the sound of the ship and the self-destruct. That's so damn tense. Damn right that, is. That, that's one of the most tense movies I've ever watched. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And I only rewatched really it there for the first time in a long time. Yeah. I was like, fuck, this is tense. <laughs> And I'll tell you something that scared the shit out of me when I first saw it was where Tom Skerritt is in the ventilation shafts mm. and they're telling him he's getting closer, he's getting closer. And then uh, she goes, not that way and turns around and there's the creature, you know, <laughs> God, that scared the shit out of me the first time I saw it. The, orig the original jump scares. <laughs> yeah, great one. Yeah. Great one. And that's just that that plays into the fear of being trapped in a confined space with something you don't want to run into in the dark. Yeah, I don't want to run into in the light either. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, I've got one for you. What's your favorite type of horror, as in subgenre, like oh, slasher, slasher, creature feature, um, psychological, uh, elevated? <laughs> I'm not using that. I told you. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave we'll leave elevated aside. Um, <laughs> That's tough because one of my goals as a director is to do a film in, in many subgenres of horror as I can, uh, because I'm a big subgenre guy. Um, what is my favorite subgenre? I've got him here, Cal. <laughs> I think you might have, yeah, because I don't know. Because I, if I say one, I think of another one. Um, I can't answer that. I really can't. <sighs> Yeah. He strikes a winner. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, subgenre question got me. No, it's easy, easy for me. It's creature feature for me. Creature feature for him. Yeah. Uh, slashers for me, I think, isn't it? <laughs> it would be. Um, yeah. Actually, on the slasher thing, and I know um, uh, shit, there was a sheep mask or lamb mask. Is lamb, your, yeah. yeah, lamb mask is your, your iconic character, right? But... Which of the slasher characters do you think he could take out, and who would he be friends with? Uh oh, we have people <laughs> throw, throwing things at me at the end of that. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I think just because I know him personally and we're friends and we've done movies together, I would love to see my character, the Lamb Mask, go up against Damien Maffei's character. Uh, the man in the mask from The Strangers. Oh. Uh, and they're two home invasion movies, so mm. I think it, as, if you put them together, it would make sense. Absolutely. That would be one I would I would not only like to, to be in, but watch. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Somebody sign that up. That's the next crossover. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down for that. Um, you know, that, that'd be... like You'd forget how good the terms of both of those characters actually are in the movies yeah absolutely and as you said they're very similar types of movies well yeah if you put though if you put the strangers and your necks together that's one of those things that would make sense in a way that like the lamb mask going up against say like the hell priest from hellraiser wouldn't make sense so much no, you know? no. That, that's all over in a couple of seconds <laughs> yeah Exactly. Yeah. So I think it, just in terms of a movie that would actually could be made or would be interesting to watch, I think that the, the combining your next and the Strangers franchise would be fun. That'd be cool, actually. 
That was a great answer. Um, as I said, we're very aware of time. Although we've really, I think you can tell we've really enjoyed having you on the show tonight, LC. It's been an absolute honor to have you on the show, and uh, I'd I'd like to think you maybe you know you'll come back on again sometime. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these sorts of interviews where it's just a discussion and we're talking, I love it. I love it. I think they're the most fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's it. We just love chatting. And uh, some, some of us chat more than others, unfortunately. Sorry, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we will let you go for now. And um, again, it's been absolutely fantastic chatting to you. And I know we leaned an awful lot on your next, but, uh, you know, we know you have so much more there and we know you have so much more coming out and we can't wait we can't wait for watchdog that's going to be awesome yeah time's up yeah. as well <laughs> yeah and time's check. up yeah jesus yeah. yeah check them out check them out uh, and it was an absolute pleasure to be here uh yeah anytime we'll we'll get back on here and, and do it again thank you very Absolutely. much greg sign us off there go on well this has been our friday night ladies and gentlemen it's probably been better than yours but uh thanks for tuning in um, and in the words of the great George A. Romero, stay scared. Stay scared. Woo!